It's all quiet in the underground bunker. Doors closed, locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin. They're having a uh, sale, Mr. Producer, on stents. You know the stents that go into the arteries? So I went into one of the hospitals and I got another stent. But everything's great. And I want to thank you folks for uh, inquiring. All right, look. If we can't keep the biggest city in the nation safe, the biggest financial center in the world safe, what was once the biggest tourist center in the world safe, then we're failing as a civil society. This attack on the New York subway is an attack on all of us. Many of you listening have never been on a subway or you avoid subways. Well, people are avoiding subways because they're not safe anymore and because they stink from human feces and urine and so forth and they're rat infested. And yet, if people want us to take mass transit, this needs to be fixed. But it's not going to be fixed as long as criminals are on the street, as long as we have liberal judges letting them out the back door. These are violent people. Now, I don't know who this guy is, five feet, five inches tall, about 180 pounds, African-American. Sounds like a slob. But conditions are such that at least for now, maybe there's more than one person, but at least for now, one guy can elude all authorities, get on the subway, uh, unleash these canisters, these gas canisters, wearing a gas mask. He's carrying a bag that has gasoline, smoke bombs, and other things in it. He unloads his pistol, or his weapon, which jams, thank God. Ten people are actually shot. Five in critical condition. We hear none of them life-threatening, but simply could have been. That's luck. Eighteen others injured in one way or another. The crime in the New York subway is up 68% year to year. Now, they have an image of the guy, apparently from somebody with a phone. But now, the news is, as of now, that none of the video was working. You know, you see the video cameras in the ceilings and so forth in various subway stations. We have them in Washington and so forth. They weren't working? None of them? So there was a systemic failure? On the other hand, who was there at a moment's notice? Moment's notice. The NYPD. The FDNY. The NYPD, always the point of the spear, always there first, always there where there's smoke, where there's gunfire, where there's bomb threats, where there's mayhem. The same NYPD less than two years ago that was brutalized by the media, brutalized by the Democrat Party, brutalized by that former mayor in that city council, the defund movement. You don't hear a word now about systemic racism in the NYPD, do you? Not a word. The people of New York, 
The people of New York State, the people of the country rely on this police department. And this police department will get to the bottom of this. Because it's made of professional men and women, not racists. Who put their lives on the line every damn day. Same with the fire department. Right on the scene. And quite frankly, same with the MTA. There they were. Moving the wounded, the casualties, onto another train to get them to a hospital as fast as they could. This is a fantastic country. New York is a fantastic city. But you cannot allow violent criminals to be recidivists with these quack judges and these quack laws and these quack politicians. Now the President of the United States says federal authorities will get to the bottom of this. You know, they'll leave no leaf unturned, no rock unturned and all the rest of it. All of a sudden, everybody supports the cops, but they don't support the cops. That's why we're in the position we're in today. That's why people are moving en masse out of New York City and its five boroughs to other places. Like Florida, like Texas, like Tennessee, like other states, they just had enough. The taxes are through the roof. Where are they all going? Then the masks... The moron governor in New Jersey across the river there. Yes, I think second graders should learn about different uh, sexes and so forth. And he's having second thoughts because parents, regardless of party, regardless of background, have had enough of this crap. They've had enough. And the same day this is going on in New York City, the lieutenant governor is arrested. For financial embezzlement, criminal activity. He's arrested, just resigned. The governor of New York hasn't even been elected. It's because the former governor had to resign under pressure because of his misconduct and unethical behavior. The American people deserve better than this. Now here are the facts for those of you who may not know. Although it's been on television and radio. The New York City subway shooters, Philadelphia rented U-Haul, is found abandoned on a Brooklyn highway five miles from where he shot ten strap hangers. Gunman dumped gun, three extended round magazines, and a bag of smoke bombs at the train station. He opened fire on a northbound end train at 8.24 a.m., as it pulled into the 36th Street Station. He had been calmly sitting on the train, as the Daily Mail reports, but then put on a gas mask and detonated a smoke bomb. Passengers were trapped in the subway car. They tried to get to the next car, but the door was locked. When the train arrived at 36th Street, injured victims spilled out onto the platform, trailing blood. The gunman described as a heavy-set black 5-foot, 5-inch, individual and wearing a vest fled and remains at large there's a massive manhunt underway NYPD officials have told to look for the U-Haul van with the plate AL31408 well they found it his 380 automatic handgun jammed which stopped him from shooting more at the station 
a bag of Falcon Rising fireworks, seismic wave smoke canisters, and three extended magazines were found. The NYPD is doubling the number of police officers on the subway tonight. They'll find the guy. I have complete faith in the NYPD. They'll find the guy. And they've located the U-Haul. Sebastian Ray's U-Haul Vice President of Communication said law enforcement alerted us to its search for a rental van and its possible connection to a suspect in today's incident in New York City. Well, they already have. No security cameras were operational. That is shocking. To be perfectly honest, that is that is appalling. Now, it says here that he may have jumped onto one of the other trains at the station or fled into the subway tunnel. It's been a frightening spike in crime across the city, particularly in the subway, where crimes are up by more than 60% from last year. And as I say, ABC reports a, the police have obtained a photo of the suspect from a bystander's phone, but the image has not yet been released anywhere. NYPD units are scouring the city's empty subway tunnels to find the suspect, and a city alert has been issued. The FBI and others have been going door-to-door in the area. It's a long, excuse me, it's a very large area, as a matter of fact. Uh, is it terrorism? The mayor hasn't ruled it out. They haven't ruled it in as they gather information. Uh, this is what we know. Uh, the Daily Mail has uh, very extensive uh, photographs, if you wish to check it online. And the New York Post has done outstanding coverage, too, if you want to check that. One witness said, I thought he was an MTA worker at first because I was like, I didn't like pay much attention. He's got on orange. The smoke bomb and what I thought were fireworks, I'm hearing it was gunshots. I have no words for what I could see. I was in the car. I was in the front end of the third car. Everything happened at the back end. People started migrating to the front of the car. I don't know if people know this. It's one of those old things where they lock the door to stop people traveling between trains. There were people in the other car who saw what was happening, and they tried to open it, but they couldn't. And there was blood on the floor. And I'll tell you another thing that's happening. This is where decent people begin to unite and pull together. And that's now what you're seeing in New York City. But I do want to mention, again, this is an example of why the war on cops is so destructive to society, to the civil society. And the NYPD that was honored after 9-11 and honored for so many, for so many horrific events that it was involved in stopping and, and dealing with afterwards. This is why so many of, them, so many of us defended them when Black Lives Matter which is a corrupt organization stealing millions from people, did what they did and said what they said. The NYPD's own an apology. These liberal judges need to be removed. These phony bail laws in the front door, out the back door, need to be repealed. And if the people don't do it, it's not going to be done. That's what elections are all about. Mark 
Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Making your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. The name Disney is worth hundreds of billions of dollars, actually. Thanks to Walt Disney. Who's Abigail Disney? I think she's a granddaughter, great-granddaughter of Walt Disney. She had absolutely nothing to do with starting Disney with Disney Films, Disney TV, Disney products, nothing. Nothing. She's a Disney, though. And that was enough for CNN, the Constipated News Network. That was enough for Brian Stelter to bring her on to talk about the Disney law because Brian Stelter has no problem if his little babies are exposed to sexuality the age of five, six, seven, or eight. But that's up to Brian Stelter. And that's up to the people who advocate these things. And for my two cents worth, that is really a subject at that age that should compel the various government services to take the children away from their parents. I mean that. No five-year-old should be exposed to some intense discussion about genitalia. That's child abuse. You know, that used to be child abuse. Now it's a movement, a civil rights movement. Brian Stelter has no problem with that being discussed with his babies. None. But that's because he's perverse, in my view, and if that's what he wants to do, that's on him. But when did it become the power of a corporation, the power of the media, the power of government to impose that on our children. That's what the battle's about. It's not whether you're gay or straight or whatever you are. It's exposing young children to this, to sexuality. It's the don't say gay bill? Where does that come from? That is a lie. It's propaganda. But they keep saying it, even Abigail Disney, even Brian Stelter. They're a disgrace. They keep pushing this narrative on MSLSD. They keep pushing this narrative on CNN. They keep pushing this narrative, even though it's a lie, like so much of what they say. 
So here's Brian Stelter with Abigail Disney and then my response. Go ahead. What is the Walt Disney Company actually, and how do you feel when you see it portrayed as this child abuse indoctrination right. cult? Right. Well, well, what I'm seeing happen is pretty coordinated strategic plan unfolding, uh. and uh, Disney seems like the biggest target because it's so woven into families. Mm. And so if you can... Uh, by the this- way, a coordinated strategic plan unfolding? I hope so. That's called We the People rising up against what your corporation is now doing. After decades and decades and decades of persuading us to invest a lot of money in your corporation, either shareholders or just movie watchers or attendees at your various parks. Go ahead. That somebody's in there trying to indoctrinate your child. My goodness, the, the paranoid imagination can run, run. It's not about indoctrinating your child either. It's about exposing children to issues that they should not be exposed to. That's what it's about. Go ahead. Run circles with yeah. that. Yeah, and so I, un- I understand why it's been selected in the strategic, whatever strategic meeting they had, um, for what they would turn there to There was next. no strategic meeting, you idiot. No strategic meeting. Go ahead. Um, but this is absurd. The 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 thing that Disney stands for more than anything in in every film and especially in the animation, where there's a gay character or not, is love and acceptance and family and no, joy. It, it, it stands for little children. It stands for entertaining little children. That's what it stands for. Love and acceptance. Maybe love, depending on how you define it, but acceptance. Are little kids supposed to accept everything? What are they supposed to... uh, uh, Are little kids supposed to accept uh, changing genitalia? Five-year-olds? Is that what they're supposed to accept? They don't even understand it. You're, You're exposing them to issues that they should not be exposed to at that age. Go ahead. And so they're trying to inject something into what Disney does that has nothing to do with mm. what Disney does, whether or not there are gay characters. And I keep wondering... Um, gay characters. Why would you do that? Why not just have characters? Why do you inject gay characters, straight characters, crooked characters? Just characters. And so what is the point of this interview, ladies and gentlemen? It's to tie a Disney name to this radical position that Brian Stelter, I guarantee you Brian Stelter would never or has never exposed his five-year-old, six-year-old, or seven-year-old to these kinds of matters. I guarantee you. Here's a preschool teacher in Florida on TikTok. David uh, Mamet on my show came under attack by the usual left-wing kooks, claiming that he said all teachers basically are uh, perverts and waiting. Of course, that's not what he said, if you take what he says in context, but it doesn't matter. They're not interested in what he actually said. These are both basically ideologues who are mostly illiterate. They know how to get on social media and 
kick up the dust. But you know what? Who cares? That's why I'm not on Twitter and Facebook. Here's a preschool teacher in Florida on TikTok. I wonder if Brian Stelter will have him on his show. I wonder if Disney will welcome this teacher to Playland or the Magic Kingdom. Cut 15, go. Man, y'all thought me uh, teaching the children about me being Polly was crazy. But not only that, but they also know that I'm gender fluid. Uh, at one point last year, I had explained to them that I was not Miss Lois or Mr. Lois. It's just Lois because I'm not a boy or a girl. And this was all well and good until October when I also explained to them that I'm pagan. So I am also a witch. And at one point, I had gotten a haircut, and I got in the sides of my mohawk shaved down. And I come into work, and one of the children goes, Lois, are you a boy? You have short hair. And his sister goes, no, Lois is a girl. And a third child, who is my favorite, suddenly yells, no, guys, we've been over this. Lois isn't a boy or a girl. Lois is a witch. Duh. These are preschoolers. And this is the problem. The teacher doesn't own that classroom. Now, a teacher can be an authoritarian, a dictator of that classroom. But a teacher doesn't own the classroom. We do, the people. And that's the battle. The parents do. The taxpayers do. To go in there, I don't even know what polyamorous is, and I'm not even going to look it up. I don't care. She's gender fluid. She's talking to her preschoolers. That means there's four-year-olds, five-year-olds. And I wonder if uh, Abigail Disney's aware of this. I wonder if Brian Stelter's aware of it. I wonder if they have any questions being raised. In order to protect these little kids from somebody like this, Florida passed its law, perfectly rational law, that 10 years ago wouldn't even have cost a dust-up. Do not expose little babies to these sexual ideologies and practices, period. Do not. And that's said to be a don't say gay bill. It's, don't say heterosexual. Don't say homosexual. Don't say, in other words, don't say sexual. It's the don't be or say sexual bill. That's what it is. But this is the position of Disney. You have more and more of these teachers speaking out on TikTok and elsewhere. And they should be, immediately have their tickets pulled if that's what they're doing. And this is why the parents are going to rise up in this election also, regardless of party. Because Biden, the Democrat Party, the Democrat governors and the Democrat mayors, as well as the media, I might add, they're all promoting this now. Despite the fact that the overwhelming majority of the American people want nothing to do with this, demonstrated in blue Virginia, demonstrated in dark blue New Jersey last election, demonstrated in San Francisco, which is as red as it gets, frankly, and I don't mean politically, I mean ideologically, throwing out certain school board members, people of all ethnicities, all faiths, all backgrounds, red-blooded Americans, they've had enough of this. You're sabotaging the family. You're brainwashing children. It's from the top down, not the bottom up. And I hope, I pray to God, 
that this next election, despite everybody, that's going to be a slam. It's going to be a slam. really is. And that's going to take you working hard. I don't care where you live to change things. You're going to have to change things. Because the saboteurs, the ideologues from above us, are imposing the will on all of us. Mark Levin. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the best of Mark Levin. It's Kevin Downey Jr. at PJ Media. This is why it's stuck in my head, who has a piece up today. How white liberals and black leaders sacrifice black lives for self-esteem and profit. And, you know, we always knew this, but the way he put it really does give it a marquee, doesn't it? I mean, it really underscores the fact white liberals and black leaders sacrifice black lives for self-esteem and profit. Is this not what goes on in every major city in America, particularly New York and L.A.? The answer is yes. Frank R. James, a domestic terrorist who tried to slaughter scores of people on the New York subway system, has now been caught. They're going to need an extra big orange jump shoot for this fat slob. Plus his breasts, they'll probably have to give him, well, I don't know probably have to have one custom made here he is on youtube and youtube congratulations you did a hell of a job of managing this guy while you're chasing all the trump people and all the people question fauci and all the people support law enforcement oh yeah you guys at youtube which is owned by google by the way as i recollect and hat tip to andy how do you pronounce it Andy, no, I should know this. It's a tough young man. Andy, no. Cut five, go. I had no idea with that African name. Okay, okay. He's talking about Katanji Brown Jackson. Start from the top, please. I had no idea with that African name that she would be married to a white man. One of my subscribers brought that to my attention. Yeah. Yeah. Our black sister, Supreme Court Justice, power to the people, is married to a white man. She's I don't believe Oh, God. Wait a minute. This, this is the There he is. There he is. White man. Black sister. Kitanjate. Married to a white man. You know, this racist, white this, white that, white this, white that, this is why I condemn it when I hear it on MSNBC or other places. I condemn it. I condemn all this racism, critical race theory. Some people are on the edge and it pushes them over. And it pushes them over. Who knows what affected this head case? 
Sure as hell doesn't help. Frank, are, and by the way, will people be protesting at Comcast? No. Will people be protesting at Google or YouTube? No. No. Frank R. James on YouTube, hat tip right scoop, cut six, go. I tell the American Negro this, I keep telling you the same thing. White people and black people, as we call ourselves, should not have any contact with each other. You still refuse to understand this. You want to make up some story about some Jesus and the Bible said dumb They don't see it that way. They hate your guts. And why do they hate your guts? Because they know that your rightful place is as a slave in this country. They know that. You're the only one that doesn't realize that. And now you want to be equal to them by force. They didn't choose to elect. They didn't elect to make you equal. You had to force them to make you an equal. And now they're just getting more angry and more angry. The anger is building, building up. And it, nothing can happen here differently than what happened over in Europe with the Jews. I want you to believe that that's possible. I want you to delude yourself and tell yourself this punk bullshit about that could never happen here. That could never happen here. Those are famous last words. That could never happen here. Yes, the fuck it could, and it will. Well, he didn't even get a scarlet letter, did he, Mr. Producer, over there at YouTube? No. Nothing. Not a thing. Not a damn thing. And yet this is his ranting and raving on social media. And NBC and ABC finally have acknowledged that he is who he is. When the search was on to find the man, they wouldn't even acknowledge his, his color. If some white a-hole went on the subway and did what this guy did, I'd want to know all the particulars, including whether the guy was white. But as Kevin Downey Jr. puts it, how white liberals and black leaders sacrifice black lives for self-esteem and profit. Now, he was shooting randomly on that subway car. As best as we know, the investigation's ongoing. He would have killed anybody, if he could. His gun jams. It's a fat slob. He's hungry after a while, you know, more than a day without a Big Mac and a uh, combo meal. And a uh, 32-ounce Coke. I still think you can buy those in New York, can't you, Mr. Producer? Or weren't those outlawed? Ah, who the hell does know? Yeah. But whatever. This guy's not wanting. Then he's caught. By a citizen. Who speaks broken English. Who is thrilled to be in this country. Who loves this country. And calls the cops who arrest him. And this so-called systemically racist NYPD police force with its African-American commissioner, the African-American mayor, 
the female governor. We as Americans should be so proud of the unity and the diversity in this country. But we have people who keep trying to rip us apart. And they happen to be in the Democrat Party, they happen to be in the American media, and especially on MSNBC and CNN and the New York Times and the Washington Post. Especially. As far as I'm concerned. Juliet Kayyem, CNN National Security Analyst. Juliet Kayyem. Now listen to this. Just listen to this. And CNN employs this fool and gives her a platform. Cut nine, go. So the idea that it only has to be a foreign nexus, we know now, Jan, you know, January 6th, there's a lot of domestic terrorists. They, there are people who, uh, the, the, this is the majority of I'm the I'm not aware that anybody, perhaps I'm wrong, but maybe Juliet Kayyem and CNN can tell us has been charged with some domestic terrorism act. I'm just unaware of it. She says... There's a lot of domestic terrorists, and January 6th demonstrated that. So she's supposed to be an actual analyst, a national security analyst. Is that true? I don't believe it is. And they didn't shoot a soul. They shot nobody. The person who was shot was a veteran protester who didn't break in. He didn't harm a soul who wasn't violent. She was there in the Capitol building. And for all we know, she was waved in. But she didn't deserve to be shot randomly and die on the, spe- on the scene, right on the spot. With a half-assed investigation by the authorities in Washington. So the officer who shot her is now considered some kind of a hero. See, it depends who you shoot. I suppose. But Juliet Kayyem at CNN. This is why CNN really does need to die on the vine. This is why nobody watches it. They say they're going to fix it. They're going to turn it into a news operation. No, they're not. It is what it is. All the domestic terrorists from January 6th. Name one. Most of them are being prosecuted for parading and trespass, including people who've been waved in. Go ahead. Tells us. But I am a strong proponent of reserving the word terrorism uh, mm-hmm. for a political motivation because Listen it is. Listen to this dif- idiot. She just attacked the January 6th people as domestic terrorists. But I'm a strong proponent of reserving the word terror for a political motivation. It's like Biden who wants to redefine what genocide means. So she wants to redefine what a domestic terrorist act is. Remember that chart I read to you that was on Ricochet from 2015? I read to you yesterday. It depends who the attacker is, and it depends who the victim is. Remember that, Mr. Producer? So that's exactly what we have here. Because the attacker is Frank James... Well, I wouldn't go to terrorism. It depends if there's a political motive. The fact that the guy's a out-of-the-closet, disgusting racist, 
All you have to do is watch his YouTube. That's not good enough for the national security analyst. Go ahead. Uh, and so I know this was terrifying. I know it was terrible. Ah, uh, shut up, uh, you idiot. You don't know a damn thing. You don't know a damn thing. Mark Levin. The Great One makes your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. Ever hear this publication called Talkers Magazine? Most of you have not. But in this business, people like to throw it around. And uh, Rush used to tell me, ignore it, ignore it, ignore it. And I should. Puts out the list of the heavy hundred. Based on, it's like the New York Times editorial board. Number one is Sean, that's correct. Number three is this show. This show is number two. It's the number two show in America. I can prove it. Then they have little editorial comments. It's the judgment of the state. What is the point of that? It's like the, the New York Times bestseller list. You can have more books sold, and they put you at number four behind the number one guy. Then some phony matrix they put out there about audience size. We know what our audience size is. Almost to the person. People have these phony matrixes out there. Oh, look at this. Now you'll know when a host is desperate, or hosts, plural, when they keep pointing to Talkers Magazine. Look at us. Look where we are. Ignore it. That's not where they are. Ignore it. Which is what I'm going to do right now. We've got a lot of important stuff to talk about. Elon Musk. A lot of people have great hope for him, as do I. As do I. He's offered $43 billion to buy Twitter. But then we have some breaking news from late this afternoon, early this evening. From postmillennial.com. Must no longer Twitter's largest shareholder after Vanguard stock buy. Now, number one, this has to be an effort to block Musk. But we're going to find out in 20 minutes when we have the great Charlie Gasparino on who will walk us through this. Because this is very, very important. Musk wrote a letter to the board. He left as a board member because he wanted to have the ability to take over this company. And as he said in the letter, and as he has said in interviews, which you'll hear in a moment, he wants to bring free speech and free access back to Twitter and that platform. He's under vicious attack by the left and the Democrat Party. Vicious attack. In fact, it's worse than that, ladies and gentlemen. Charlie Gasparino, again, he'll be here in 20 minutes. He tweeted out the following. As Elon Musk offers to buy the rest of Twitter, a legal source tells Fox Business that the Department of Justice and the SEC have launched what he described as, quote, joint investigation, unquote, into a myriad of Musk regulatory issues primarily involving Tesla. So here we have the politicized Department of Justice, the politicized SEC, going after the wealthiest man in the world, 
who's trying to take Twitter and make it a public free speech access site like it was supposed to be. But Twitter and Facebook and the rest of them have become the important mouthpieces and propaganda platforms for the Democrat Party and the American Marxists. So the idea that Musk would come along with his belief in free speech, he's quite the libertarian, and say, okay, I'm going to fix this platform. Now suddenly he's under investigation, a joint investigation. There's a whole bunch of stuff involving Tesla. This man is an inventor. He's a creator. He's a producer. He's a taxpayer. He's an employer. Countries should thank individuals like this. Countries should celebrate individuals like this, not punish them. Not investigate them. Not attack them. And he said, when it comes to Twitter, it's not even about the financial aspect. It's about free speech. And not just in America, but all over the world, because Twitter has that kind of a reach. So Musk no longer Twitter's largest shareholder after Vanguard stock buy. Vanguard... According to the Wall Street Journal Vanguard Group, an asset managing firm increased its stake in the tech giant to 10.3%. Asset manager Vanguard recently upped its stake in the social media platform and is now the company's largest shareholder, bumping Mr. Musk out of the top spot. Vanguard disclosed on April 8 that it now owns 82.4 million shares of Twitter, or 10.3% of the company, according to their most recent publicly available filings with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. You have to report that within 10 days of your purchase, which they did. Vanguard had previously owned 67.2 million shares of Twitter, 8.4%, according to FactSet. Earlier on Thursday, Musk made an offer to buy Twitter outright, saying that the platform needed to be transformed into a private business to thrive once again. That Tesla and SpaceX CEO offered to buy Twitter for more than $40 billion after recently rejecting a seat on the company's board. Twitter shareholder Saudi Prince Walid rejected Musk's bid to take over the platform. Did you folks know that Saudi Prince Al-Walid was a major shareholder in Twitter? Now let's listen to some of what Elon Musk had to say earlier. At a TED Talk. What the hell is a TED Talk, Mr. Producer? None of us know. Because we're basically social media illiterate. But nonetheless, here we go. Cut one, go. Why make that offer? Oh, so... Um, well, I think it's very important for uh, there to be an inclusive arena for free speech, uh, where all, yeah, so, uh, yeah. Um, Twitter has become kind of the de facto town square, um, so uh, it, it's just really important that people have the, both the, uh, the reality and the perception uh, that they are able to speak freely within the bounds of the law. Um, and, you know, so one of the things that I believe Twitter should do is open source the algorithm um, and make any changes 
to people's tweets, you know, if they're emphasized or de-emphasized, uh, that action should be made apparent so you can, anyone can see that that action has been taken. So there's, there's no sort of behind the scenes um, manipulation, either algorithmically or manually. I mean, this would be fantastic if this occurred. And I would rejoin Twitter. Not that that's the end all and be all. Absolutely fantastic if this occurred. And he's telling you, I'd let you know how our algorithms work. We had a gentleman on a few years ago, remember Mr. Producer, with respect to Google, said they manipulated the algorithms to affect elections and particularly to harm Donald Trump. You remember that? And what are algorithms? They're decisions that are made, what to promote, what comes first when you, when you go online, what you're interested in. It drives the news. It drives attention. And it does it from the left. And he's saying, no, I want people to know exactly what it is that we'd be doing and why we're doing it and what to expect. And so the anti-free speech, corrupt media, the anti-free speech... Corrupt big tech oligarchs, including apparently this uh, Saudi monarch, the anti-free speech uh, academia, they don't like any of this. They have a very nice situation, complete control over what Twitter does and Facebook does and Google and all the rest of the oogles, googles, isms and whatever-ims. Here's more Elon Musk today. Cut to go. Well, I, I, I think we, we would want to err on this. If, if in doubt, uh, let, let, let the speech, let, let it exist. Uh, it would have, you know, if, if it's a, you know, a, a gray area, I would say let, let, the, let the tweet exist. Um, but obviously, you, you know, in, in a case where there's perhaps uh, a lot of controversy, uh, that you would not want to necessarily promote that tweet, if uh, you know. So the, I'm not. I'm not saying this is that I have all the answers here, um, but I, I do think that we want to be just very reluctant to delete things and, and have um, just just be very cautious with 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 perm permanent bans. Uh, you know, timeouts I think are better or, uh, than, than than sort of permanent bans, and. Um, uh, but just just in general, like I said, uh, how, how it won't be perfect, but I think we wanted to, to really uh, have, like I said, the perception and reality that speech is as free as reasonably possible. And a good sign as to whether so there is free speech is, uh, is, is someone you don't like allowed to say something you don't like. And if that is the case, then we have free speech. And it's, it's damn annoying when someone you don't like says something you don't like. That is a sign of healthy, functioning, uh, free speech situation. Amen. Absolutely correct. And then finally, cut three, go. I mean, I could technically afford it. Um, I, I heard that. I heard that. Um, but, 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 it's, but what I'm saying is this is, this is, this is, a, this is not a, a, a way to sort of make money. You know, I think this is, it's just that I think this is, um, this could, my, my strong intuitive sense is that uh, having a public platform that is maximally trusted um, and, 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 and broadly inclusive um, is extremely important 
to the future of civilization. But you've, um, you've described I, yourself. I, I don't care about the economics at all. Yeah, and he's right, because he'd be paying an enormous amount of money, and he'd have to liquidate some of his other assets, perhaps in Tesla, in order to purchase it. As I say, at the bottom of the hour, we'll have an expert to help walk us through this, Charlie Gasparino, and what Vanguard did today. And depending on how he interprets this, I may take all my money out of Vanguard. Look, I put my money where my mouth is. It's that simple. If Vanguard's purpose here is to tackle and block Elon Musk and to prevent him from truly creating a reformation in social media, because if he did this with Twitter, Facebook and the others would die on the vine if they don't, if they don't compete on similar terms. Mark Levin. We're giving you nothing but the best. The best of Mark Levin. Eric Adams is the mayor of New York City, as most New Yorkers are well aware. Uh, crime has gone up since he's been mayor. Would be nice if he did a little bit more. Actually, a lot more. But there's a problem that he can't control, quite frankly. It's the, uh, it's the court system. And these Soros prosecutors, or Soros wannabe prosecutors, it's a disaster. A disaster. But he has a good question. This is a question that we've asked here on many occasions. Cut six, go. As the NYPD was searching for the suspect in the subway shooting yesterday, there were more than a dozen shootings in the city last night. And not to mention the shootings that we've seen recently of young, innocent people, some older as well, being shot on the streets of New York. How do you get a handle on this crime in this city, Mr. Mayor? By being consistent with our message. Uh, here's my question that I put out to the city. Hey, I thought Black Lives Matter. Where are all those who stated Black Lives Matter? Then go do an analysis of who was killed or shot last night. I was up all night speaking to my commanders in the Bronx, in Brooklyn, the victims were black. Many of the shooters were black. So I asked a question that was asking me when I was a child. It's 10 a.m., 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? Why are 16, 17, and 18-year-olds out in our streets armed with guns 12, 1 o'clock at night? When are we going to start asking these serious questions? If Black Lives Matter, then the thousands of people I saw on the street when Floyd was murdered should be on the street right now stating that the lives of these black children that are dying every night matters. We can't be hypocrites. Would be nice. But as we now know, the institution of Black Lives Matter uh, was a funding scam. Promoted by corporatists, who didn't know any better, I take it, by athletes, by the corrupt media, and so many others, who barely talk about it now. So the mayor has the guts to bring this up. Where's Black Lives Matter? Well, let's see. They spent about $6 million for a mansion. The uh, group in Boston, the head of the group in Boston is being charged. 
Uh, all kinds of other homes have been purchased. There's an audit going on in the state of California trying to figure out where all the money went. Wow, imagine that. And I'm waiting for LeBron James. I'm waiting for all the folks at ESPN who jumped into this with two feet and promoted this organization to apologize. Where's Black Lives Matter when it comes to black-on-black crime? Where's Black Lives Matter when they should be fighting white left-wing-led teachers unions who prevent school choice in black and other minority communities? Where are they? They're nowhere. You know, they should be like the guardian angels. They should be helping to protect the streets, protect people. You want to fight for rights? You want to fight for equality? You have to have safety. You have to have your life. And then there's Joy Behar. Dumb as a doorknob. A failure in radio. Although I don't know that Talkers Magazine is aware of this. Think Talkers Magazine is aware of this, Mr. Producer? Here she is on The View yesterday. I want you to hear how sophisticated and intelligent she is. And the lawyer they have on there, Sonny Hostin, lives in a huge mansion. But she's down for the revolution, too. And I'm sure she's been beating the hell out of Black Lives Matter, hasn't she? I don't know. I don't watch these five yentas fighting with each other. What the hell? Then they bring these never-Trumpers on. What do you need an AR-15 for? What do you need an AR-15 for? I don't know. What do you need a Cadillac for? What do you need a Maserati for? What do you need a mansion for? Why does Obama have five homes? I don't know. What do you need it for? Because you want it. That's good enough. Go ahead. Those that were the proudest said, I've never had to use my firearm in the line of... You know, you know that... And the, so it's just this cowboy... Oh, thing. now Sonny Hostin is speaking for police. Does she speak for you folks? She speaks for everybody. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Go ahead. Pass a bill contradicting the New York City state laws. We okay. have very... Okay, okay. Joy, the Supreme Court doesn't pass a bill. The Supreme Court doesn't pass a law. The Supreme Court rules on laws. They rule on cases. They apply the facts to the law. They look at the Constitution. And they look at their precedent. The Supreme Court doesn't pass a bill. Now, you support the Supreme Court ruling... Right? Ruling over localities and states. If it's abortion on demand and whatever it is that your agenda is. But you don't support it. Doing so when they might rule to uphold the Constitution because some local or state government is violating it. But in no case do they pass laws. Or do they pass bills? And Sonny Huston should have said something, but she didn't. And she won't. And Joy's an idiot, which is why she never made it on radio, you know. Well, all due respect, and I'll say this, 
even backbenchers on talk radio are smarter than any host on MSNBC and CNN or any host on NBC, ABC, or CBS. Particularly if you have a three-hour program. If you're a blithering idiot, you can't talk for three hours on the radio. Otherwise, you're a blithering idiot if you can, and, and people will know it. So you got to do some hard work. Unless, of course, you got 4,000 guests and there's two or three of you on the air at the same time. And then, oh, my God, that's got to be easy. You can be sitting there and eating your latkes, Mr. P- Mr. Producer. And by the way, I want to wish you all a fantastic Easter. This weekend, I want to wish you all a fantastic Passover, as we like to say, Pesach. These are very, very important holidays for the first for the Christian faith, obviously the second for the Jewish faith. These are very, very important holidays. And they have tremendous meaning. So I want to show all the the best of the holidays. I want to tell you what we have in store for you. Sunday night on Life, Liberty, and Levin. And obviously if you can't watch it Live, I would encourage you to go ahead and set your DVRs to record it. Record it every Sunday. It's easier. 8 p.m. Eastern Time, as I say. 8 p.m. Eastern Time. I've been watching Jack Keane on Fox. He's usually given three, four, five, six, seven minutes. I said, you know what? We need to listen to him, the former four-star general, about what's taking place now. The Russians amassing now on the eastern border with Ukraine. He is a fascinating man. He's got enormously high-level military contacts. And he has things to say that you're not going to believe. And Dave Rubin. Dave Rubin used to be a leftist. Not anymore. And we're going to talk about Disney. We're going to talk about all this insanity that's taking place in our classrooms. And, of course, we lead the show with my monologue, which is a little longer, is going to be a little longer this week, because I decided to really take a close examination of Joe Biden. It was very ugly, but I'm going to take a very close examination of what he's done to our country and what a true disaster he is. So, please, if you can't watch... Life, Liberty, and Levin live this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Go ahead, well, while you can think about it, while you're thinking about it, and set your record on the DVR, 8 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. <laughs> 